God has been uh, faithful to you, if his loving kindness is better than life, then our lips shall bless and praise his name. And we all can say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we would have been consumed. Is that right? So as your hands are lifted, I want you to open your mouth up with ebullience and with passion and with enthusiasm and with real charisma and start giving God the best worship that you can right now. Just worship him. That's right. Give him worship. Give him worship. That's right. Worship him like that. Hallelujah. Come on, that's right. Worship him. Come on, louder than that kingdom worship. Come on, louder than that worship. Louder than that worship. Hallelujah. Come on, give our God worship today. Hallelujah. Come on, give our God worship. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now come on, clap your hands and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Clap your hands, O oh ye people. Come on, what kind of church is this? This is a church on fire for God. Come on, clap those hands and give him praise today. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Take your liberties, take your seats in the Lord's presence if you can. It is always such a tremendous thing uh, to give our God praise and to give him glory and to give him honor because he is deserving of all the glory, the honor, and the praise. So let God arise and let all of our enemies be scattered for the sun shall not smite thee by day, by the noon, moon by night but who the sun sets free is certainly free indeed and eyes have not seen and ears have not heard it has not entered the hearts of a man the good things that God has in store for them that love him but beloved now we the sons of God it does not yet appear what we shall be but we know when he shall appear we shall be like him for blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, that stands in the way of sinners, that sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight shall be in the law of the Lord, and in his law he shall meditate both day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that shall fruit in the season, and whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. Do I got anybody in this church that know the favor of God is all over your life today? Oh, y'all don't sound like y'all believe that. Every person in the house that know you got favor over your life, shake your neighbor's hand real good and say you feel like favor today. Oh, you ain't shaking their hand. Shake their hand good and tell them you feel like favor today. Favor going in, favor coming out. Every place my feet touch is favor. Come on, somebody holler favor. Listen, it is always with just tremendous deference and respect that we celebrate, we pay homage to one of God's choicest servants. 
He serves as an establishmentarian. He's a prophet. He's an evangelist. He's a pastor teacher. He is a great, authentic, legitimate, anointed, God-fearing leader. And you are blessed in this portion of God's vineyard to sit under his vision and his purview. Do you love, do you appreciate the set man of this house, the honorable pastor, doctor, bishop, potentate, come on, Reginald Steele. Come on, you can, you can celebrate your pastor better than that. Oh, come on, everybody should be celebrating pastor. That's marvelous and certainly uh, as I forestated early this morning in the first worship experience that there are words uh, that we can use but they are still inadequate when we try to uh, dissect and enumerate all of the virtues of this great woman of God that serves as your first lady and your assistant pastor. She is effervescent. She is cosmopolitan, she's godly, she's righteous, she's beautiful, she's sweet, she's anointed, she's my sister. Come on now, let's celebrate First Lady Pastor Kelly Steele. Come on, you can celebrate her better than that. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, and I, I need you all I need you all to do this for me because it's very important to me. It may not be anyone else's custom, but it is a custom that I have adopted because anytime a pastor, uh, the man of God has children that come out of his loins and the first lady has children come from her womb, it is only fitting, it is only plausible, it is just right for us to thank God for their children, their offspring, that help their parents do ministry on a level of excellence. So come on, Mariah and Stella, and come on, the sons, come on, come on, all the sons, come on, the daughter-in-laws, come on, celebrate them, celebrate. The entire first family, celebrate them. That's marvelous. Take your seats, and of course, to all of you, my brothers and sisters who have been called out of darkness and transplanted, over into the kingdom of light, recipients of his imputed righteousness, and because we know his sacrifice is efficacious and we have a right to the tree of life, we can say it is good for us to be here. Can you say amen? It is so marvelous to know that Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, is the propitiation of all of our sins. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Anybody glad to have your right mind? Just, y'all ain't talking back to me. I said, anybody just glad to have your right mind? I'm going to ask you one more time. Anybody glad not to be crazy in this house today? Uh, I want to thank God again in particular for the armor bearer, all of the armor bearers, but I want to thank uh, Brother Greg Mitchell in particular for just hosting me and showing me great hospitality. Come on, you can celebrate him better than that. That's right. That's one of your own. It's one of your own. Celebrate him. Yeah. And uh, I, in, my, in my haste, 
to get to this discourse. I, I didn't mean to do it. And so charge it, please charge it to my head and not to my heart. I wanted to really uh, give congr congratulatory or celebratory or words of felicitations to this great music ministry, the praise and the worship and the musicians. Come on, were we not blessed by them today? All the singers, come on, you can do better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, I, I did something at the nine, well, I guess, I guess it's the eight o'clock service, I guess it was. I did something at eight o'clock that uh, I have never done in this church, and that was preach a timely word. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, uh, it was so fast until the, I, the folk were looking around saying, Bishop Page is done? Uh, but I'm under strict orders today, uh, and I'm, I'm under a lot of constraints. I got Pastor Kelly watching me, and uh, I'm sure uh, Pastor Steele is watching me by the internet as well. And I, I want to be, I want to be as, as, you know, as as close to the parameters and the demarcations of time as I possibly can. And uh, I, I, I kind of want to go back into something that I started sharing at the eight o'clock service, but I'm, I'm going to probably put another little, probably put a little different twist on it. Uh, I, I think I started out in the first service dealing with denominationalism. In, in talking about how I pastor what would be considered an apostolic church. Of course, um, you know, when, when you're in a non-denominational setting, most people fail sometimes to understand that denominations were man-made and man-created. Yeah, okay. Okay, all right, all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, many times we don't take time to really kind of flesh out or vet through to get a clear understanding of what God requires from us, not as it relates to being a part of a denomination, but our individual relationships with God. Now, uh, that's not to say that denominations are wrong. They just create a level of sectarianism or classism or elitism. If you're not very careful, you will think who you are connected to is better than other people. And uh, that is not the purpose of being a part of any denomination or any affiliation. You normally connect with people who are like-minded. And out of that like-mindedness, we have what is called cornania, which is fellowship. But all of us, all of us that sit in this type of environment, that say that we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, having faith in him and appropriating that by how we acknowledge in the life, in the death, in the burial, in the resurrection of Christ that makes us candidates for salvation. Now, of course, when you are of a Pentecostal persuasion, which 
all of you are that believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, uh, glossolalic speech. That means speaking in an other tongue as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. You are Pentecostal only by experience. But Pentecostalism is only about a hundred plus years old based on first century church, many mainstream reformations or denominations no longer believe that the Pentecostal experience is for people today. They saw it as an isolated event in the first century. But you and I know what we feel is real. Now, the problem with that is you don't always feel it, so you got to know it. Lord have mercy. I'm going to say that one more time. You don't always feel it, but you got to know it. And church has to be a diverse group of thoughts, concepts, and beliefs as it relates to your outer expression of your religion. Everybody ain't going to run. Everybody ain't going to fall out. Everybody ain't going to high five an electric slide. But that doesn't mean that they don't have a relationship with God. And I dare say, and some people may not like this when I say it, but an empty wagon makes a lot of noise. So just because you screaming and you hollering, that don't mean you got a relationship with the Lord. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. The Bible says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples, that you got love one to another. So if you mean as hell and don't have no fruit, you're a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Yeah, so, so that, that's, that's, that's kind of where I started out. And then I kind of flowed from there and said I would, I would deal with uh, something that I really believe uh, that is, in my humble opinion, I really believe that is something that all of us need to embrace. And that is trust and understanding that trust can never be announced it has to be earned through conflict resolution. I'm, I'm gonna start right from that point right there. Trust is not something that you come into a room and announce. Trust must be earned through conflict resolution. You only know how close you are to a person when the relationship has been challenged with some levels of adversity. Now, when you start talking about relationships, you can only have a relationship with somebody that you relate to. And the problem is we get into relationships with people who we don't relate to, who should stay in the category of acquaintances. Okay, you should stop being naked and transparent with Negro, I mean people who are not going in the same prophetic direction as you. Y'all don't want to flow with me today. Sometimes you let the wrong people 
into your inner sacred space that has not been tried, tested, and proven. And then when they betray you and they disappoint you, you want to blame it on the devil. It ain't the devil. It was your inability to wait for someone to be tested through adversity. I'm preaching, I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching right now. Well, well, let's take it, let's take it a step further. Pastor Kelly, uh, I, I think this is where it's going to get a real, it's going to get real uncomfortable and kind of sticky through here because when, when you haven't read a text yet, people think you're just talking extemporaneously. But I'm going to show you in the text what I'm talking about, all right? I want us to first underscore the one word, expectation. Now, don't ever forget this. If you don't remember nothing I preach, because I'm going to give you a whole lot of stuff today. If you don't remember nothing I say, don't forget this, that where there is no expectation, there can be no disappointment. Oh, I'm going to try it one more time. Where there is no expectation, there can be no disappointment. You can only be disappointed when you attach to an individual an expectation. I'm going to try one more time. Try one more time. Anybody that does not have standards cannot have expectation. Because standards come with expectation. But when you hang out with folk that don't understand value, value then defines standard. But if you don't have standards and you don't have value, then you don't know your significance. And where there is no significance, there can be no expectation. So you hook up with folk that devalue you and don't appreciate when you create for yourself boundaries and a vacuum that they just can't come in and out of your life. I, I, I'm teaching better than y'all responding. I'm teaching better than y'all responding. Uh, God has not created anyone in this building to be an island. Stop saying, I don't need nobody. I can do this by myself. The devil is a lie and so are you. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> Every person in here has been wired with a desire for relationship. But the problem is most relationships we get into are not relatable. Their lust fulfillment. Man, I ain't get y'all ain't saying amen quick enough. Yeah, just because she got hips, breasts, booty, long hair, that does not mean that's what you relate to. Because hips, bus, booty can't pay bills. Well, well, it can't pay bills, but I better change that. It it can't pay. It can't. Oh, it can't be. 
Oh, it can't pay. <laughs> Let me change that real quick. <laughs> it ain't supposed to pay no bills. <laughs> Lord, help me teach this thing here today. You have to get with folk that you can relate. It's got to be relatable. It's got to be, okay, let me give an example of relatable. You will call a Muslim a cultish religion. I will submit to you today, it is not a cultish religion. I will submit to you today that the groundwork or the soil that it comes out of is the same soil that Christianity comes out of. Lord, I know I'm teaching right here today. Yeah, uh, three major relig religions are Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Watch this. Christianity comes out of the cradle of Judaism. Jesus did not come to create Christianity. He came to bring a greater illumination of the law, which was Judaism. Christianity comes out of the cradle of Judaism. You can't be a Christian and don't have an appreciation for Judaism. Because your savior, Jesus, was a Jew. I ain't got no help up in here now. What? I thought he was... I thought he was my man. No, he was a Jew. Jesus was a practicing Jew. Okay, that's why today is so important. I, I, I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. Judaism, Christianity, uh, Islam, uh, 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 the, the strand that keeps all of them together, we understand, is the monotheistic belief in one God. Okay, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. That's out of Deuteronomy, which is the Torah of the Pentateuch, uh, six and four. It's called the Shema. They used to put it around their heads, or around their wrists, or around their ankle. They would have little boxes, you know, uh, and they would call the Talif, and they would wear it. And everywhere they went, it was a reminder of their, their, their relationship with God. Okay, that made them monotheistic. Okay, that's Judaism. All right, well, Christianity comes out of that. It comes out of that. Even Christ taught us that we shouldn't serve a God made with hands. Talking about idolatry. Uh, what he was trying to say was, stop serving God through the lenses of a personality that you can see. Okay, you, you missed it right there. I can tell this church is not an, uh, how can you say it, uh, an idol-driven uh, personality-moving church. How you know, Bishop? Because Reggie ain't here today. If Reggie ain't here today and y'all still acting like this, that means you may love Reggie, you may appreciate your pastor, but you understand your pastor ain't God. I ain't got, I ain't got no help up in, Lord, I ain't got no help. And see, wait, 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 
that that shows the greatness of your leader when your leader says even when I'm not here walk up in this building lift your hands up open up your mouth and praise God because he's the only one that can save you right so wait 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 so that means kingdom in the valley is a monotheistic church that means they don't espouse or expostulate to idols but some of y'all are idolaters yeah y'all don't don't look at me with the kingdom valid some of y'all are idolaters because anytime you get so hooked in to a personality uh being enamored with how people think and you don't allow the set man or the set woman's words to have preeminence in your life, but you have other people that have just as much influence in your life as your leaders, that means that you are connected to wrong personalities. Yeah, uh-huh. Some of y'all right now, you would you want to say amen, but you got to look at your little witch to find out, is it all right? Can I, can I say amen today? Uh, uh, can, can I get with the preacher today? You know why? Because you're under a hex, you're under a spell. You're controlled by an evil spirit called Jezebel that controls people's minds and their action. Let me tell you something. You ain't got to get permission from anybody to praise God. I will bless the Lord at all times. My God, I feel like having church in here today. Slap your neighbor high five and tell him when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Wait, 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 wait. You all are monotheistic believers. All right, well, that means this. Uh, the, the, the Muslims are monotheistic believers. Mm, Lord, okay. I'm going to have to break it down for you. Okay. In the Hebrew language, the name for God is Elohim or uh, Yahweh or uh, Adonai or uh, Jehovah. Those are Hebrew names or titles for God. Yeah, uh, in fact, when you go back and look at how the scribes would, would write the law and write the Old Testament, uh, the scribes and, and the rabbis, when they were starting to write the name of God, first of all, they would get ink and they would sanctify the ink. That means they would set the ink aside. Now, see what I'm talking about? See, when you when you raise in church all your life, one thing you should know is sanctify. That means, but you don't know no sanctification. I can look at you and see you don't know what sanctification is. Sanctification is not a dress code. It ain't what you put on. It's not what you take off. That is man-made sanctification, but that's not biblical sanctification. Okay, let me say it one more time. In fact, let me break it down to you like this then. Uh, doctrine is nothing but teaching. 
Don't let anybody tell you that I go to a church that don't believe in doctrine. What they're saying is they go to a church that does not believe in teaching and instruction. Doctrine must be teaching and instruction from the Bible. But they have misinterpreted doctrine for man-made preferences. Okay, man-made preferences is legalism. It's what you don't do. It's what you are told you can't go. It's uh, what you can't touch. It's what you can't drink. It's what you can't eat. That's legalism. That's man-made preferences. And the reason, Pastor Kelly, they are man-made preferences because he legalized and he legislates what gives his flesh issues. You done got quiet up in here now. See, the reason he spends his whole sermon talking about your hair color and your eye color and the tightness of your dress and the cleavage on your shirt is because he got a problem with his eyes. He got a problem with his law. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You, if, listen, when I am delivered and got control over my flesh, you can walk in here with Daisy Dukes and it ain't going to bother me one bit because I am delivered. Y'all ain't, ain't going to say nothing to me. Yeah, when, when you have mastered your appetites and your desires, you don't try to limit people based on what you think they should wear. In fact, when have you become the police of the garments to tell me what I should put on and what I should not? Yes, we should have a standard. Yes, there should be some decency and order. But don't say that's makes me say because I don't come up to your standard if you knew what God delivered me from you would know I'm saying all the mess I was in and God snatched me out do I got anybody know what I'm talking about in fact the folk that know what I'm talking about slap your neighbor high five and say if you knew what I came from if you knew what God delivered me out of, you would understand why I'm shouting the way I'm shouting. I know I'm saved. Wait. Wait. So, y'all sit down. Y'all make me nervous. Y'all sit down. Y'all sit down, man. You make me nervous. Sit down. In the Old Testament, Yahweh, Jehovah, Elohim Adonai, Hebrew titles, names for God. Well, Christianity. Jesus is the highest representation of God in the earth for us. What do you mean, Bishop? There is no other name given under heaven. Where man must be saved. But at the name of Jesus. Lord, I feel like running down the aisle now. At the name of every knee shall bow. See, y'all must not be Jesus believers in here. Because see, when I say his name, something should start moving when I... See, when you got his name, Sisters, y'all can identify with this. 
when you're in love with somebody and you hear his name. When somebody say, listen, you just, oh. <laughs> When they say, just say the name. What, what's his name? Ringo? No, Mingo. It, it does something to her. <laughs> See, that's my point. When you're in love with somebody, when she said his name, you see the smile. You a Jesus believer. And when I say his name, you don't get excited? My God, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody hold me like Jesus. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Woo! When I'm lonely, I call his name. When, I, when I'm hurt, I call his name. When, when I'm depressed, I call his name. That's, that's Christianity. But Islam, the name of their God is in Arabic. It's Allah. Guess what it means? God. What's your point, Bishop? Those three major religions, what we have in common is we're all monotheistic. And we're all supposed to be iconoclastic. That means we dismantled idols that distort, this is real powerful, our expectation of God. Why do you think our young people don't want to have nothing to do with church? And they got, they got real sober in here now. See how quiet they got? Oh, you can hear rat licking ice. It's so quiet in here now. <laughs> you, you, know why, you know why millennials want to have nothing to do with church? Because institutionalized Christianity and those that represent it and purport it are phony. Let me say something. I'm from the street. Game knows game. Some of y'all ain't hard like you think you are. Like, I'm a gangster. Shut up. No, you're not. Gangsters don't announce I'm a gangster. Big old dummy. Folk that shoot people don't go around saying, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. When you, you don't have to announce what you are. What you are manifests in your behavior. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. You ain't got to prove to nobody you anointed. When you walk in a room, demons start getting upset because you're an Institutionalized Christianity has failed today because we have exposed people to too much stuff that they didn't expect. They expect us to live a particular lifestyle. That's right. Okay. I got to go all the way there. 
I know I'm human. I know I'm flawed. I know I have issues. I know I'm not perfect. I know in me dwelleth no good thing at all. I know there's some stuff I like that if I don't keep myself in a position of sanctification, I'm a fall to it. Now, you know, some folk like food, some folk like liquor, some folk like dunja, gunja, that's marijuana. I'm sorry, I've been selling it. I just know the name. I'm selling it. I used to sell it. Uh, gunja. <laughs> and, and I didn't sell it for medicinal purpose either. Right. Okay, let's get that straight. Uh, <laughs> what, what, whatever you like. You know, some women like men. So, some men like women. Right. You know, I'm not, I ain't going to talk about unnatural stuff. I'm talking about natural stuff. Right. Okay. It, 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 there's some natural stuff that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I like you. I like you. Let me come preach to you back there. I like you. Uh, in fact, I, I, Greg, I prove it to you. I prove it to you. I was preaching in Denver. About six months ago, I was preaching in Denver for Bishop Dennis Leonard. Uh, he used to pastor Heritage. Uh, he started another church, and we in preaching Denver. I fly in on Saturday, and me and my assistant, and when we land, we come out the airport, and uh, we, you know, waiting for the car to get us, and we get in this sedan, and they driving us to the hotel. And I saw a couple of young guys, and they went African American. Caucasian guy on the corner smoking a blunt. Yeah. And I said, Alan, he, he, he's smoking a blunt. And he said, uh, he said, Bishop, do you know where you are? I said, I'm in Denver. Bishop, do you know where you are? Man, I, do you know where you are? I'm in Denver. He said, no, Bishop, Bishop, all that learning, don't tell nobody else you didn't know this. <laughs> he said, all that seminarian training, don't tell nobody else you don't know this. I said, what? He said, Colorado was the first state in our union to legalize it. I said, what? I said, what? So you mean you could smoke a blunt and don't go to jail? I said, stop the car. I said, get my Bible. I said, get my Bible right now. I start looking through the Bible. See, I was trying to find a scripture that for one weekend, I can be, you know. Yo. Y'all ain't, ain't gonna say that to me. See, 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 that's the problem with institutionalized church. You wanna act like there's stuff you used to do that you didn't enjoy. Oh God, there's some stuff I used to do. If I can find a scripture in the Bible, to go back to doing it. See, the problem with church today for our young people, they cannot identify with how we sanitize life. Life cannot be sanitized. You are going to go through in life. 
you're going to have some disappointments in life. Oh my Shonda. Folk are going to mistreat you in life. People who you trust are going to break your heart in life. But that don't mean God ain't with you. I ain't got no help. In fact, I got some folk in here right now that can say if I didn't know the Lord when I went through that last storm, I would have lost my mind. But I know he must be real because I still got my joy and I, I still got my praise and I, I still got my shout. Do me a favor, shake somebody's hand like you're about to shake it off and tell them after all I've been through, I still have my joy. Y'all, 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 y'all not shaking like y'all believe that. Come on, shake that hand good and say it loud. Say, neighbor, after all I've been through, I still have my joy. Expectation that are not met breeds disappointment. Disappointment breeds pain. Pain breeds cynical in doubt. Most people in our ministries are so cynical and so doubtful, particularly the millennials, because they seen how you, as a so-called institutionalized Christian, don't live up to what you say. Lord, I ain't got no help up in here now. See, at least in the street, we had ethics. Don't, you don't want me to go down that road, do you? You, you, don't, you don't want me to do that, do you? At least when I was selling drugs, I was around folk that were unsaved, but they had ethics. If they didn't like you, they told you. Church folk will smile up in your face, will borrow your money, and never pay you back. And then, wait, 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 wait. Let, let, me, let me add a caveat here, and some of you should be able to identify with this. And if you can, do the study, and I'll show you where to find it at. This is a proven fact. Anywhere in the scriptures where you see demonic activity, satanic activity, where demons have manifest. Before I get into that, let me ask you a question. Y'all do believe in demons, right? Okay, okay. Because I didn't hear no cheering when I said that, so I want to... Y'all believe in demons, okay, because demons are unclean spirits. They are disembodied spirits. They are spirits with no body that need a body in order to carry out its assignment. Y'all get that? I'll I, I, I slow it down one more time. An evil spirit is a disembodied spirit. It means a body to carry out its preordained demonic assignment. Where there is no body, there can be no assignment. There can only be atmospheric chaos. 
okay? So demons are real, but this is the problem. When I read the scriptures and see the manifestation of demons, check it out. I see a list of mental illness. Lord, I done said something right there. When you read the scriptures and you see the physical activity of demons, it's in the form of some mental illness. So now the question is, is these people in institutionalized Christianity fighting demons? Or do they just need heavily to be medicated? Okay. I done said something. I done messed you up right there. Some stuff you blame the devil. It ain't the devil. You didn't take your pill. <laughs> I'm going to try it one more time. Stop blaming the devil for stuff you do. Blame yourself. Some of y'all have mental illnesses. Yes, depression is a mental illness. Anger is a mental illness. Can't be faithful and always in infidelity. That is a mental illness that needs to be addressed. Ain't no devil. Bishop, I'm going to come to the altar today. Then you get right back up and go live like the devil. First of all, do you know what the altar means? Oh, don't get me started on that. Do you know what the altar represents? The altar is Old Testament Judaism. They would bring a sacrifice to the altar. Then the priest would light a fire to it. And it would be consumed. It would go up as a smoke. Acceptable to God. When I say, come to this altar and bring your stuff to the altar, you're supposed to lay it. I ain't got no help. Every issue of your life, you ought to bring it to the altar. And you got to believe God, when I leave this altar, I'm not going back to my seat with my issue. Do I got anybody believe what I'm talking about in here? In fact, y'all that don't mind being honest, slap your neighbor high five and say, there's some stuff I need God to help me with. I'm not everything I'm supposed to be, but I'm not what I used to be. Institutionalized Christianity is not meeting the expectations of this generation because our expectations of church have been so distorted 
by behavior we don't understand until I've lost confidence in the folk that come to institutionalize the church. I don't understand it. Why have we showed the world so much of our stuff when the stuff we show them, we don't even thank God for giving it to us? Somebody said, Bishop, you ain't, you ain't read a scripture yet. I preach, you know what? Put this on the CD. Let's put it on the CD. If they ask you what he preached, they say everything. <laughs> say, the title of the sermon today is everything. <laughs> Just everything. But if, but if you need a scripture, Isaiah 38. Just flash that up. Just flash it up there and then take it down. <laughs> flash it up there real quick. Isaiah 30. Flash it up there. Let me make sure I'm right. Let me make sure I'm right. Isaiah 39. Flash it up there. What, well, what is the problem? Okay. I don't even want to read it. It's just, it's just too much. I, I tell you what, go that. Put it back up there. Right now. Don't play with me. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to read it all, but this is what y'all do. Jot down verses 1. Through and including, mm, 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 mm. verse number eight. Okay, but this is what I want y'all to do: flash up on the screen, put up verse number two. Just putting up in the verse number two. Okay, here we go. Watch this, Pastor Kelly, and I'm gonna do this in one minute. Then I'm gonna raise money from y'all. Okay, <laughs> just in one minute. Y'all knew that was coming. You knew it was coming. Okay, let's give y'all the heads up, okay? I said 39 to, it says this. And Hezekiah was pleased with them, wait, and showed them the house of his treasures. Watch this. Silver, gold, spices, and precious ointment. Now I want you to watch this. Silver. Gold, silver, gold. Silver is lesser than gold. Gold always represents in typology in the scriptures, the deity. Silver represents the wage you would give to buy a slave. All right, it was redemption money. Silver, all right. He shows the enemy his redemption, his goal, his relationship with God, the spices and the precious ointment that represent his anointing, and all of his, this is real deep, armory. He showed the enemy 
his defense mechanisms. We don't show the enemy too much stuff without fortifying it. You can't fight an enemy that's fighting you unfair and you trying to fight fair. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Wait now. And all that was found among his treasures. This is deep. There was, go to verse 3. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. That means the enemy. Babylon. Here it is right here. Go to verse number 3, friend. Then Isaiah, the stop right there, the prophet. Everybody in here needs a prophet. Okay, you need a voice of authority that hears from God the will and the direction of God for your life. I ain't got time because my time is out. But if I was going to stay with, with that little teaching right there, you got to understand that prophecy today ain't just foretelling. Prophecy today is supposed to be word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Y'all get hoodwinked with this future stuff. I, I sees, I sees, I sees. I sees. You don't see nothing. That's not the gift of prophecy today. Word of wisdom is supernatural direction for your life. Word of knowledge is supernatural revelatory insight that you didn't share with nobody. I ain't no prophet when I read it on Facebook. And I come here and say, and the Lord said, you're having problems with your friends. That's a Facebook prophet. You don't need no more Facebook prophets that memorize your names and your profiles and come in here and deceive you into thinking that they're getting it hot off the press. They ain't ready for me today. Come on now. We, 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 let me tell you, see, let me tell, let me tell you why I can come to Kingdom in the Valley and be received and y'all love me and I love y'all just as much because you know with my ministry comes no foolishness. I ain't telling you no foolishness. I, you, you are, your cre- you're going to give me money today and your credit score is not going up no 300 points. You know why? Because you need to pay your bills, you criminal. You need to stop running up all them credit cards. Y'all ain't going to say, yeah, you're going you to sow a seed today, and I ain't going to be high tied by E-T-B-B-B-B, Oshia, Oshia. No, I don't owe she nothing. You're going to sow seed because look at where your money is going. It's going to build the kingdom of God. And folk need to stop lying to you, making you think if you give some money, you're going to get a house. You ain't getting a house without a job. You ain't getting a house without property. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. 
and you don't need no miracle check in the mail until your mind gets changed you need your mind to be more disciplined on how to be a good steward and a manager you don't that's the miracle you need management and accounting stand to your feet stand to your feet I don't went too long stand to your feet <laughs> real quick get connected groups of two groups of three in fact why don't you get with three people and get them as prayer partners and close the circle off don't leave any hand untouched you get connected